Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello and welcome to the Dream Factory, the world's greatest user-generated movie creation podcast. The rules here at the Dream Factory are simple. We can discuss as many ideas as we like, but only one can be taken through to the next stage, where the manuscript will be printed and burnt and used to heat my home this winter. I don't think I'm going to be able to afford my bills, John. I'm Joel, a man who puts the gent in pungent, and across from me is John Harris, a man who has just been accepted onto Dragon's Den in the middle of the heat wave with his heatwave-busting paddling pool suit. Tell us all about it, John. It does what it says on the tin. It's a heatwave-busting paddling pool suit. Enjoy. And then I get up Is it true that up to nine fish can live in it? Eh, Give or take. Depends the size of the fish, Mm. Joe. You know, you've got to... But I'll get up there. I'll be all confident. I'll be all cocksure. And then it'll start leaking in front of the dragons. Of course it'll leak. Then... Maiden Maiden will come over and say, I'm on the commute and I'm wearing my spikiest shoes. (laughs) And then she'll just kick you. And the thing is, look, most people have gone, but Peter Jones was interested until the leak happens. He was. Because he's the sweatiest dragon. Exactly. Famously. Famously. They wear... Di- you, you see, um, between each person coming up to pitch, Peter's wearing a different suit because he has to change his entire outfit because he's sweat. He's so sweaty. Yeah, and they never show him from the back because it, it, he's entirely exposed. He only wears half a suit on the front to let air get to his back and arse and the back of his legs. But he sat there basically fully nude. And if you look at the floor the below his chair, t- there's just towels everywhere. It's completely covered in towels. They, they paint them like floorboards. Sure they do. This is a BBC production budget, but you can tell. Yeah. Um, final bit of Dragon's Den. I don't, I've probably mentioned this on the podcast before, but I served Duncan Bannatyne his first ever Jaeger bomb. I mean, I've heard it before, but it's always, it always bears repeating. I, I would bring it up every time Dragon's Den gets mentioned. And he loved it. And it, it was at a wedding. And at the end of the night, he tipped very well. Ah, well, that's good. That's good to know. You didn't because get... Because I'd got him absolutely blasted on Jaeger bombs. And when he left, he didn't say, I'm out. No, sadly not. That's a real shame. Sadly not. He must get that sort of joke all the time, mustn't oh, yeah, he? Big time. But that's fine. Yeah. I can make that joke because I'm not talking to him. If I was, I probably wouldn't have done it because, yes, you're right. He probably hears that 12 times a day. Shall we film? Hey, what about this film idea from Josh? Jurassic World Dominions. Humans have to team with the dinosaurs to take on their biggest foe yet, which I'm guessing is the minions. We've done Jurassic Park Dominion. We did it. I'm sure have we? We, we've done Jurassic Park Dominion. Oh, it was one what, big old minion. What haven't we done? Oh, it was a big minion. Yeah. Do you not remember? Oh, uh, okay. What, wait, wait, wait. No, I don't remember anything. 
Josh has sent us like a million ideas though, right? We can move on to another Josh idea. Yeah, we can move on to another Josh idea. How about this one from Josh? Hot tub grime machine. Four blokes get in a hot tub, but after a crazy night of drinking, they wake up to find that they're now Dizzy Rascal, Wiley, Skepta and Lethal Bizzle. <laughs> That's great. I love it. Well, because there's huge beef between some of those guys. Oh, enormous, right? There's a, a, a stabbing. And they wake up in a, yeah, and they're in a hot tub together. Wow. But they've got their brains. So the press are going to go wild for this. Yeah, they'll think they've finally reconciled. I think they've reconciled. And if I woke up as one of those four, I think I'd put on like a Legends tour, right? I'd just sell out the O2 for 10 nights and then get back in the time machine and get hammered. But I'm now rich. No, you... <laughs> so you're like, yeah, yeah, I'm Dizzy Rascal. Yeah, yeah, I want to do like a Greatest Hits tour with all these guys. But I want all the money to go to a man called Joel Grove. <laughs> Don't ask you why. You must fax it to Joel Grove. No, I'd get the cash out and I'd bury the cash somewhere. Fine. I know, I know. Makes way more sense. And then Dizzy Rascal comes Thank back you. and says, not only am I fuming that I've done this sellout tour, absolute yeah. sellout bullshit. I'm now best mates with Wiley. <laughs> oh, dear. What? Hot tub time machine. They go back in time, but it's a hot tub. I don't... I've, yeah. I've seen it, but I can't tell you much past Have you? that. Yeah. I haven't seen it. I think what's funnier is if the grime refers to the level of dirt in the hot tub That's... and it will only travel in time when it's truly disgusting. Like you have to be in it for days and days and days and then suddenly it'll reach the requisite level of grime and you'll just travel. I like that. And also like... Like people are in it, they're weeing, they're just sweating into it, yeah. you know, it's just really gross and and then it goes. But you know, you don't know at what point it's going to do, it'll just reach the right level of grime. Because people are like trying to cheat it by like chucking soil in and stuff. But the, the, the hot tub knows that's not real grime, that's just fake grime. Yeah, exactly. And th- there'll be like a hilarious thing where they go back in time and they'll they'll leave to go and explore wherever they are for the day and they'll get back and someone's jet washed it. Oh, yeah. You know, your classic time travel caper. No, but I think they have, maybe they have to clean it to travel back forward. Maybe that's the oh, that's good. That's the sort of parameters of how this machine works, and they clean it too much, like it, and they go back to like the twenty twenty three hundreds. <gasps> yeah, shit. Nice. What about? I'm into that. What about this one from B, Mister and Mrs. Spliff, two rival drug dealers fall in love. <laughs> oh, that's so sweet. Yeah, but Mister and Mrs. Smith, they're together, but they're trying to kill each other. Yeah, you're right. It's the other, this is is there a, is there a hit out on each other? So I think they they neither of them knows the other is a drug dealer. Oh, and they've both got cover stories for what they do for a living, and then one of them ends up on the other one's turf selling drugs, and they find out about this dealer that's out there selling on their patch, and they don't know it's the person they live with. And and he goes by the name on the streets, Mister Spliff, and she goes on the name by the streets, Mrs. Spliff. Mrs. Spliff, yeah. But they never reveal this at home. At home, they both claim they've got jobs where they just work night shifts and then word gets out that someone's selling on this guy's patch and so he sends sends the boys out to go and find them and you know track them down and it's like game of cat and mouse but they keep they always come home at night and cuddle up and have a lovely time oh i like that i like that a lot uh actually quite a good idea yeah i don't mind it at all i i think this one has legs to be fair joel are they and are they not into drugs themselves they're not like hippie stoners they're like Pretend to no, be like office nine to five. They're not getting high from flight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I love it. They're serious drug dealers. Like there was a drug dealer who used to operate near me, and he'd pull up occasionally and give you a business card. And there were they, he had two business cards, and one of them was just party supplies, but the other one he'd called himself Doctor Party. <laughs> 
Is that a is so is you that just a called Doctor Party? Is he a medical Doctor Party or is he? He did he did seven years. He did seven uh, years. Wow. At, at university to get that doctorate. Yeah, he can prescribe you a good time. <laughs> I, I don't doubt it. I like in London sometimes. I see like drug dealers have got like Instagrams and they like stick up like adverts for their Instagrams, and I think that is yeah. brazen as hell. It's pretty bold, isn't it? Yeah. Fair play to them. Anyway, doctor, if, if anyone wants a doctor party business card, let me know. <laughs> uh, would you like one from Stu? Don't have a title. Always. But Terry Belaya, a.k.a. Hulk Hogan and Terry Wogan in a body swap comedy. Wow. It's more body swap. Who? Hmm. Now, who would be better at the other one's job? Hulk Hogan as lovable, affable breakfast show host or Terry Wogan, WWE wrestler? I think it's, it's, it's Ho- Hogan, right? You think Hogan's the better host than Wogan is the wrestler? Hogan is a better host than Wogan is. I don't know, Joe. But it's only their brains, right? So Wogan's got the oh, he's got body the of Hogan. I know, I get that. But they, you know, a lot of wrestling is... Then he's definitely the better wrestler. But a lot of wrestling is about pretending you're doing physique. the hitting. Exactly. And he's got the body for it. Yeah, but Hogan has not technique. got the brain to be the, the, the nation's greatest ever broadcaster. Pretending to punch isn't punching. Like, that's a, that's a skill. So is broadcasting to the nation, John. Oh, don't get me wrong. I'm not. I'm not trying to undermine the incredible work of Terry Wogan. M- would more people tune out of WWE or of the Radio Two Breakfast Show? I think Wogan can pretend he's got an injury, and clever. So you know he's still doing WWE stuff. He can do the aggressive stuff to camera, but he's got a cast on, so he's like, I can't wrestle right he now. Would, and he'd be very. His delivery would change, but he'd be very charismatic. A hundred percent. We are. We are actually forgetting here that Terry Wogan has a real aptitude for sport. Are we? Terry Wogan held the world record, this is going to blow your mind, for the longest televised golf putt for about 40 years. He did it as like a charity, he was doing like a charity match that was on TV, and he makes, you should watch the clip, he makes this putt from like 100 feet, and it was <laughs> never beaten on TV by like all of the actual golf tournaments that were broadcast on TV. No one made a putt that was longer than that putt until quite recently. That is incredible. Yeah, so... You know, don't rule him out. I, one thing I will say, I don't want to undermine either of the sports, but I would say the skills required for both things don't have any overlap. I'm not. I don't think many people are bringing their golf skills. I'm just to saying the wrestling. hand-eye coordination is se- the hand-eye coordination sensational. Yeah. Do you think Wogan could have made a good wrestler in his day? Do you think he'd have to be a he- oh, he'd have to be a baby day. face, a, a hero, right? You couldn't. He couldn't yeah, be a baddie. Of course, not a he's hero. too lovable. Mm. I, th- no. I think Wogan could could have really brought on the crowd, got the got the got the masses going at WWE. I rate it. Right. I think so too. What about this one from What about this one no, from me? <laughs> from Whoa. you? Not from you, Joel. We're way too early in the episode to you, for you to swoop in. Sorry. I meant me to pitch the idea okay, from on somebody's behalf. What about this one from me via Alex? No. From Alex via me. Alex isn't about to walk in the room and do my one. <laughs> uh, Belfast Bell Furious. We love it. I guess it's just Fast and Furious, but it's in Northern Ireland. Very scenic. Lots of quite scary country lanes. Well, this is the thing. They've, they've done London, right? But I think it was like ge- geographically incredibly inaccurate because of the fact that London isn't a fun place to drive fast around. No. So, But here's what I think it is, John. Look, Northern Ireland has become a hotbed for filming because it's absolutely stunning and I think tax breaks. So Star Wars film a lot of stuff there. Famously, get loads of Game of Thrones yeah. this film there. They're running out of places to take Fast and Furious, so they go fantasy. Oh, that's not bad. And maybe it's carts, horse and carts, and stuff like that. 
They do a fantasy Fast and Furious. Like, that's where this is going to end up because they keep sort of edging into the future. That's going to get boring at some point. They're going to have to take it right back. Well, and also Vin Diesel is famously like a big D&D nerd. So he'd be all over mm-hmm. this. He'd love that. It's perfect. Maybe they're on the back of dragons or something to make it more exciting. But that's that's the vibe. I love the idea of like sort of doing donuts with a dragon. <laughs> Drag racing. <gasps> Dragon racing. <gasps> Dragon racing. Holy shit. Belfast, Belfurious, colon, Dragon racing. <laughs> Their biggest hit yet. You, uh, I would, I'm into that. I'm I, really into I'm that. I'm all over it. There's a bit of a fantasy resurgence happening right now with Game of Thrones and Lord of the Rings and Sandman, so I could I could see it happening. Yeah. Yeah, get it. I'm I'm into it. John, hit me with one. What about this one from Martin? The Mog. Some square-jawed action hero takes on a massive cat. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Yeah. I, I How big's how big's the cat? When you imagine that how big was the cat? Like gor- um gorilla? Well, gorilla would be big enough, <laughs> but I was thinking more Godzilla, like maybe yeah, King Godzilla Kong. Yeah, Godzilla-sized cat. And the yeah. the interesting thing about cat. Well, it sleeps sixteen hours a day, right? Yeah. So that's it makes it quite easy to take down. But also, like it's it's sort of attitude towards chaos is quite. A cat's quite apathetic a lot of the time, so they they do mm-hmm, damage, mm-hmm. not really because they're sort of attacking, just because they they're like there's like an evil streak in them where they're like, I wonder what happens if I knock this off here. So it'd yeah. be just pushing a bus off a bridge, but like. You know, it's not going around stomping everything down. It's sort of it's heart. The and... heart's it's heart's not in it. Yeah. But here's the thing: to bring it down, they have to get the finest minds on planet Earth together to create the biggest ball of wool. There we go. We've ever seen. I know it's really not. It's a ball of wool that thought inconceivable to humankind until now. We need the finest minds from around the planet to come together to figure out how we make a ball of wool big enough to take down this cat to distract this cat. I love that scene. I love the idea of that scene of the sort of the maverick scientist. So all the other, all the scientists are doing rockets trying to take it down, and this like, yeah. and he's right, and he's like, "How do you take down a massive cat?" And then maybe he just sees a bit of fluff. He's got a pet cat, right? He's oh, got a pet yeah. cat. That's the thing. That's always the way. <laughs> what's the? What's? The, it's the same in the Meg. The guy's got a pet shark. What's the? Um, <laughs> what's the cat drug? Catnip. They they make the world's biggest catnip woolen ball. Brilliant brilliant now i know it's not important to the plot but i just need to sort of drill down on like the, the meg is a megalodon so it's a prehistoric shark mm-hmm. are we talking is it is it a house cat that's been you know gamma radiation big or is it in, a prehistoric yeah, in, cat? in my mind it's an absolutely enormous house cat fine i like it the visuals on that are just so much better yeah some sort of saber enormous saber tooth vibe i'm just like yeah we get it a big black yeah. and white cat. that's too scary a big black black and white oh. cat like postman pat's cat it's just such a cute way to die, being <laughs> slapped by a giant cat. I love it. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? 
United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. What about this one from Lizzie? Max Clifford, the big red dog. I don't know anything that's going on there, Joel. Have you got, can you help me on this one? Max Clifford is that famous, awful, awful, awful PR guy. There was a Louis Theroux documentary with him where he put stories in the press. And then he put stories in the press about Louis Theroux because he didn't like the way that Louis was making the documentary. He's bad news. Okay. Uh, Clifford is a big red dog. (laughs) So it's like a big red dog that's doing PR. And I guess because it's a big, scary red dog, it can really threaten journalists to write whatever it wants. I mean, the worst part of this... But it's just so weird that your (laughs) PR person would be a great big red dog because... The red dog's the, the famous thing. Why does the red dog insist on being sort of behind the camera, working in public relations? Or does it take down the giant cat? Well, that's the thing I just realised. We've know. sort of. Well, no, but then you're making Max Clifford the hero, and it sounds like we don't want to be doing that. That's yeah, that's that's wrong. I do like the idea that you like you see this celebrity who's getting this like mad PR, and you think, what's happening? What's happening behind the scenes there? And you look at a bunch of photos, and there's just a, a fucking enormous dog <laughs> in the background. You think, oh, it's a Max Clifford the big red dog job. Got it. Once again, that's brilliant. <laughs> Hiding in the shadows. I'm all over that, John. It's time, I think, for part two. For part two of Muscles, Tom. All right. Bear with me. <clears throat> uh, for anyone who doesn't remember from last week, man called Peter inherits a mansion. He goes to the town where the mansion is. They say it's bad news. That's effectively what's happened so far, but much yep. more wonderfully yeah. told by Muscles Tom, of course. Always. He continues his journey, persevering through the black of the night. He soon arrives at the old manor estate. He gets out of his car and looks up at the enormous size of the building. It must be centuries old. A wolf can be heard howling from the hills as a streak of lightning flashes and a thunder of roar, a roar of thunder sounds. He quickly grabs his things from the car and heads inside. Hello? He shouts as he enters. <laughs> Obviously, he's not expecting a reply as there should be no one else in the house. He could have sworn he heard the words, leave this place, whispered from <laughs> the walls. But it's a stormy night and he decides it must have just been the wind. He remembers there's no electric in this house, so he lights up a candle and holds it up. As he walks through the house, he can't shake the feeling that there is an evil presence lurking. He walks into the kitchen and decides to make a cup of tea. He sets the can... How... You shouldn't be making tea at that time of evening, Peter. Uh, He sets the can... Well, you don't know what sort of tea it is. True. Chamomile? I've got a a lovely sleepy brew. That would be ideal for that time of day. Um, He sets the candle down and lights the gas stove and puts on a pan of water. A shadow suddenly rushes past the window. What the heck was that? He jumps, but soon relaxes when he realises it must have been the wind. (laughs) He's he's blaming a lot on the wind this evening. Maybe that's a twist. Yeah. The wind is the villain. <sighs> oh my god. The pan starts to boil, but as he goes over to turn the hob off, he looks down and his eyes are full of fright. The water in the pan has turned into a pool of blood. 
<gasps> Jesus, what is going on? He says with a chill, colder than an ice cream, spreading down his spine. He looks over to the kitchen ledge and he sees a fruit bowl full of apples. He goes over to take one, but as he picks it up, he notices a bite has been taken from it. He drops the apple on the floor. That's impossible. There's no one else in this house, he panics. No use working myself up. <laughs> no use working myself up over it. Time for a bath. He's, no one else is in this house, but he doesn't give a shit about the fact that the bowl was full of apples in the first place. The fact there's That's a, a bite point. taken out is weird. But the, f- but the bath, no, but I, the bath is a natural reaction to this situation. He wanders up the stairs and into the bathroom and he begins to fill the bath. He looks in the mirror and his eyes suddenly turn to shock as he sees an old woman staring back at him. He rubs his eyes and he looks again. She's gone. I must be tired, he thinks. I better have this bath and relax. But no sooner than he takes off his clothes does he realise there is someone in the bathtub, someone not of this world. Whoa. A wrinkled hand reaches out from the bath and slowly the body of an old woman raises up. Her head turns to Peter and as she opens her mouth, maggots come falling out. He runs runs out of the bathroom screaming and slams the door. It's been a long day, he thinks. The stresses of the day have got to me. I better just go to bed. This man is unflappable. Well, I guess if you completely don't believe in the supernatural, I guess he's probably just explaining it all out. He slowly creeps along to the landing room. The candle he's holding slowly blows out. The door of his bedroom slowly creeps open all on its own. He suddenly has the fright of his life when the candle suddenly flames up again. As the candle begins to illuminate the room, he can't believe his eyes. He sees an old woman hanging from the ceiling. Ah! he cries as he slams the door shut and begins to find another bedroom to sleep in must must have been in use that one i guess um (laughs) as he's going along the hallway he stumbles into an old telephone i better use this phone for help he says just then his skeleton nearly jumps out of his skin as the phone starts ringing he reaches down with his hand shaking like the foot of a tap dancer he lifts up the receiver and puts it close to his ear he hears the words, die, 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 <laughs> screamed into his ear. <laughs> he drops the throne in fright and he runs down the hallway screaming in fear. As he's running, a hand suddenly comes out of the floorboard and trips him up. He flies forward and smashes into a window. He falls through the air screaming and lands on a spiked fence surrounding the house. The spike pierced through both of his eyes. As the blood pours out from his sockets, his lifeless body hangs impaled from the fence. He is dead. Oh, God. The next day, detective and a doctor are standing outside the house. The body of Peter is seen zipped up into a body bag and taken away. What do you think happened? Asked the detectives. My guess is he went insane, answers the doctor. The house was too big for him. Too much upkeeping for one man to handle. That combined with the no electricity... He was only there five minutes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is poor detective work, I'd say. Oh, no, the doctor says that. Poor de- doctoring. Mm. That combined with the with no electric and the storm outside, he almost certainly made him lose his sanity. Couldn't handle the pressures of taking such a big house, the detective confirms. So he threw himself out of the window. Makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> the locals said he looked a bit crazy as soon as he arrived, the doctor adds. It seemed they were right. Police officers and medics were walking past as the ambulance siren fire up and it drives away. Local press are taking pictures as it goes and flashing cars follow. The camera pans up to reveal the face of the door for the first time. It is the lady from the pub. (gasps) She smiles at the camera and raises her hands as she bites into an apple. The end. Oh, get in. What a twist. Muscles Tom. Muscles Tom's back, baby. That was just a horror story. There was no weird furniture. Yeah. There was no mad action. No. Uh, Yeah. That was really good. Well done, Tom. You've really you've really well done, developed Tom. as a writer. Thank you very much for that. That was great stuff. Wonderful foray. Um, I don't know how we follow that, John, but would you like our ideas? Yes, please. 
here's mine ideas. Rian Brewster's Millions. You know the film Brewster's Millions? Yes. There's a weird inheritance thing where he has to spend a load of money but can make no gain for himself in order to earn a huge inheritance. Yes. Like he has to spend a million dollars but can recoup nothing from it and then he'll inherit, you know, tens of millions. Rian Brewster is a football player that plays for Sheffield United. He has to spend all of his wages in the club shop but can't have a single item. Oh, that's, can he just hand well, it that's out That's my to stupid film. No. Oh. How does he do it? Have you got an answer? Well, I, no, I haven't, John. I haven't really thought about that. It's impossible. What's your idea? Sandal Man. After a radioactive incident with beach footwear, John Sandal becomes Sandal Man. What, what sort of powers is Sandal Man offering? Good at kicking? No. Oh. It's hard to kick in yeah, a sandal. Fine. It'll fly off. Um, he can walk on quite hot surfaces. He can, but if, it's, if the hot surface is sand, it will flick up into the shoe. Actually, not an ideal shoe for walking on sand, the sandal. I don't really know what benefit... Here's a question, John, and you're, you're going to be so delighted <laughs> oh, that I've asked great. this. So a horse has a shoe permanently attached to its foot. Yeah. If you had to pick one shoe to have permanently attached to your foot like that, what would you go for? It'd just be like an Adidas trainer, surely. Yeah, it's, that's the obvious answer. It's so boring, though, isn't it? Yeah, sorry, mate. But then you get invited to a funeral the next day. Black plastic bags over my feet. <laughs> <laughs> You, John, have got an answer for everything. How about an answer for this? What was the best film this week? I liked Mr. and Mrs. Spliff. I thought, great title. Me too. I thought that was genuinely excellent. That's the winner. Anyway, we've got to nip off this soon because, uh, weirdly, I don't know where they came from, but I've had a delivery of apples, so I'm going to go and eat a couple of those. Well done, John. Well done, Joe. Lovely stuff. Little that we, was good fun. Should we tell them the secret? This is we're recording this. I, in I have my bum out the entire time. Oh. <laughs> That's not you do that every week. That's not different. <laughs> yeah, I know, but I didn't let you see it this, the other times. We batch recorded um, the last two episodes, so. We did, we, we recorded them batch to batch. If we sounded more tired as time was going on, that's because we were more tired as time was going on. And if I sounded more hungry, it's because I'm hungry. Have you got anything planned for dinner tonight on the 10th of August? I've got I've got lots of leftovers. That'll do, right? It's going to be, I'm excited for it. Nib, I, you know, they're delicious, they're leftovers from delicious dinners that I made. Exactly. So. It's, you know, it's like Christmas, it's like Boxing Day. I'd argue one of the best meals oh. of Christmas time is the leftovers. Oh, 100%. I adore it. I'm excited. I'm going to go and eat it. John, what are you having for dinner before we go? I had dinner, mate. I've got a baby. So we had dinner at five o'clock all together. What? You, and you all ate baby food? Yeah. Mushy, From mushy a big carrot. communal jar. <laughs> From a big what old fish bowl, which is a reference to the last From episode. A big old fish bowl. Um, yeah. I had sriracha chicken and a black bean salad. Oh, well done. Thank you. Healthy boy. The, and you went for a swim this morning. I did go for a swim this You're morning. Picture of health. Thank you very much, well Joe. Stay healthy, listener, and stay happy, and we will see you this time next time. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. 
quince.com slash style. Send the guys a movie idea. Tell your friends that you like the show. Follow us on social media. Then you'll be the best listener.